All right, good afternoon, and welcome back to The Intrepid Author. I am your host, Todd Schnick. You know, every guest I've had on this show so far has been an author of a published book. Today, we're going a little bit of a different direction. I have a good friend of mine on the show. She is a writer herself, uh, but uh, is offering a writing course that we're going to talk about a little bit as well. But uh, the real purpose of our conversation is to, is to get into the art of writing and why it's so important uh, for everybody who's listening to this. So say hello to my guest. Her name is Sarah Kathleen Peck. She's a writer, designer, and storyteller. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks, Todd. It is great to be here. Thanks good. for having me. Oh, my pleasure. It's good to connect. It's been too long since you and I have chatted uh, the last time, so it's good to, uh, to hear your voice again. Sarah, before we get into a conversation around writing and your course, take a quick second. Tell us a little bit about you and your background. Sure. Um, I, I call myself a writer, a designer, a storyteller. All of those things are about making and about creation. Um, my background is actually in psychology, design, and communications. So many of the people I meet online know me as a writer and they read my online work. Um, but before I started writing online, I my bigger focus, my holistic focus is on looking at environments that maximize human potential, who we are, how we behave, and why we do what we do. Um, and, and my two degrees before I got into the, the writing world were in psychology and in architecture, the design of space. Outstanding. Well, talk about the writing that you do do, Sarah. Uh, you, I know you blog because I'm a big fan of, of your <laughs> blog there. What, uh, is that the extent of your writing? What else do you do? I write on a website called itstartswith.com, and it looks at how people um, get started on projects, what motivates us, what holds us back, what gets in our way. And then I also am the founder of a website called landscapeurbanism.com that won a couple of awards last year, and it looks at the future of cities from a design perspective and from a landscape architecture perspective. Awesome. I'm, I'm a big fan of It Starts With. Uh, in fact, I'll link up to that in the show notes uh, so uh, all of you listening can can get exposed to that. It's great stuff. Uh, Sarah, let's, be, let's look at this from a 10,000-foot view before we really get into it, though. I, I'm, I've long advocated and I've long believed and I, and I spout this, uh, this idea every chance I can but I believe that every human being is a creative. We, all, we always talk about the creatives, the people that are, that are designing uh, technology, the people that are paint, that write music, that sculpt, that dance, that do all those different kinds of things that, that yeah, popular culture says these are artists. But I do believe that we all are creative. Because I, I believe that if you are in a work environment and part of your daily tasks are to work through and solve problems on behalf of your customer base, in my view, that's creative work. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that we exist to make things, right? Our very existence is a, a makeness out of other things. We are just a set of atoms that have come together for a certain period of time, and we occupy this human body, and we then get to make things with our human bodies. I, one of my favorite quotes of all time is a Nietzsche quote that I found from Viktor Frankl. Do you know the book, Man's Search for Meaning? Of course. Yeah. In the beginning of the book, it's one of the things that's kind of pivotal in some of the work that I do. Um, it says there's, there's two things you really need to do, or, or the purpose of life is to do great work and to love. 
And, and that's one of the core tenets of my philosophy behind why I do what I do and what I, what I ascribe to and what I teach. Um, we exist to make things, to do great work, and then we also exist to connect to other people and to love them. I fear that too many people don't understand that writing, and we'll talk about how you define that because there's a lot of ways to define that, achieve both those things. It mm. is a way to create things and it is a way to express love. Yes, absolutely. And writing, so writing is funny because when I... I teach this writing workshop, and you'll probably find this really interesting as well with your marketing and, and business background. When you say that you have a writing workshop, most people turn off because they're like, oh, I'm not a writer, right? And so it's actually a very hard thing to sell to people because they're like, that's great. That's not for me. I'm not a writer. And so I struggle with, with people who don't define themselves as writer because they don't see writing as something core and central to who they are or as something they need to do. And in fact, I completely and fundamentally disagree. I think that Everybody needs to be and should be a phenomenal writer, especially in the age of digital marketing and online marketing. Communication is such a critical tool for explaining who you are, for um, talking to other people, for expressing love, for doing great work. Even beyond that, um, Paul Graham, in one of his essays on writing, said that writing isn't just about explaining what you already know. It's about it's about discovering what's inside of you. Writing is a tool almost for unlocking and accessing your, yourself. See, that's, that's the main reason I write is to understand what, I'm, what I actually think. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too. Just, Sometimes I, I write things and then I, just, I look back and I'm like, I wrote, when did I? When wow. did I write that? <laughs> that person yesterday was smart. Or I look back and I'm like, ooh. But nope, that's the beauty of it. And, yeah. and, and you also see the evolution of your thinking, which which can be very, very critical. All right. So look, here, you you hear the thing, this this saying as often as I do, Sarah, and it's, oh, I'm not a writer. Uh, mm -hmm. And and I, I want to get to the, the crux of what, what you and I, I believe, are really thinking about when, when we consider someone a writer. It's not necessarily someone who is writing a a 300 page book that's going to be published and listed on the New York times. It, it, it's we well, we can discuss that it's never been easier to publish a book, but that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about someone ought to be writing every day. Mm -hmm. I, I feel, I feel that it's very, very important even to write just for yourself in a journal. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. And the difference is, is there can be lyrical poets and essayists and people with specialties and grant writers and, you know, you can get into the, and business writers, you can get into the technical details of each kind of tool or medium or platform or audience. But beyond that, you know, I ask people, do you write emails? <laughs> do you write notes? Do you take notes? Do you read books? Right? All of these things, if you say yes to any of those questions, you are a writer. And um, sometimes some of the clients that I work with and some of the people that I've consulted for, I advise them or I make them a notebook and I have them fill it out page by page. And we really use writing as a process for discovery and unlocking talents. Um, and they're blown away by how useful it is. Don't people understand that when you're writing a proposal, that's writing? And, and I, I suspect one of the reasons that a lot of people really struggle with and dread that, pro that, that the process of crafting a proposal is that they don't, they're not good writers and it's, mm -hmm. and it's a laborious task for them. Whereas if they were to 
do some things to improve their writing or get more comfortable. It is something you have to practice. It is something you have to do. It is a muscle that you have to, you have to exercise that, that whole writing, that creative process. I, 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 I could sit there and we could list uh, 50 to hundred things that, that you do every day that are in fact writing that people don't, they don't, I, I, I think culture has, has put it into people's heads that you have to be writing uh, multi-volume books to be considered a writer. And I, and I think that's, yeah. and I think that's sad. It's because you hold it up as this prestigious noun, like to be a writer, capital W, to be an author, capital A. And you're like, well, I'm not that. And sometimes people turn it around and use it as, a, as an excuse. Well, I'm not a writer, so you, know, you do this. Or I'm not a writer, so I don't have to write good copy. And it's like, actually, if you want something from someone else or you want to communicate something, you, the, the best way you can improve everything that you do is through improving your writing. Doesn't matter what field you're in, what industry you're in. If you improve your writing, you'll get better at your job. It makes you better in sales. It makes you better in marketing. It makes you. I mean, the. I mean, the communication side of it is. Is I mean, look, we could talk for a whole other show on the on the impacts it has yes. on your ability to communicate. However, you communicate, whatever medium you use. So, you know, I I don't know that we necessarily have to continue talking about why it's so important to write. I think you and I have made it very clear in our conversation as of yet that that writing is important. It clarifies thinking. It fleshes out ideas. It helps you communicate. It helps you express ideas. It helps you develop ideas. Uh, is there anything that I missed? Uh, I want to, before we get into your class, because what I'm really trying to set up here is, all right, hopefully we communicate the import uh, of, of, of writing and what that means. But then I want to be sure we give people a cool resource and how to do it better, which is yeah. your course. Anything else uh, uh, that, that's, <laughs> that, that life gets better with, with, with writing on a day -to daily basis? You know, I'd add just a couple of caveats there. Like, it should be fun. It doesn't yeah. have to be excruciating and painful. It, follow your bliss. Do what makes you know makes you feel good. So if you want to get out a notebook and doodle little cartoon sketches, a la Bill Watterson, do that. Right. If you want to just write single words down on a page, or if you really get a kick out of you know photocopying and transcribing recipes, whatever it is, like find out, discover who you are and what you love, and follow your bliss and have fun with it. It doesn't have to be difficult. Well, we're talking about writing, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the, the act of creating achieves a lot of those same goals too. I mean, whether you're writing music, whether you're writing poetry or, or drawing c cartoons a la Bill Watterson, I, I mean, it's all, uh, it, it's, it's all feeds the same end goal, yeah? Absolutely. All right. So I've dropped hints on this writing course of yours. Uh, why don't you give us the 10,000-foot view of the course? Uh, what, what are you going to talk about, and, and what are the goals uh, for, for someone who participates? Sure. So this, this course is about tapping into your inner creative and then also getting key um, actionable takeaway tools that you can use in everyday communication. So you can come in into it if you want, if you're an existing writer and a blogger and a fiction narrator and you want to improve your writing, or you can come in as a total novice. And we work in a small group format for four weeks in a private forum. Um, and it's broken down into four modules. So week one is tapping into your inner muse. And I give creative prompts and these really fun exercises in visualization and imagination to kind of kickstart your brain and your free-flowing and your association. Because a lot of people haven't done stuff like that in a while and, and it can be really fun. The week two session is about sticky storytelling. And it looks at like, how does the human mind work? Why are some messages more memorable, memorable than others? 
And what are key frameworks that we can use to tell stories like Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey or Nancy Duarte's Structures on Resonance? The third week, I talk about content that converts. So how to write killer introductions, how to write great copy. And I even include customizable templates for um, specific ways that you can write. So you don't have to be making it up from scratch. I break down the art of writing a great email, the art of writing a great introduction, how to connect with somebody after a conference, what a good thank you note looks like, just basic, simple, everyday things that people find immensely valuable. And then the last week, um, the fourth module or the, the fourth week, it looks at influence, persuasion, and language that you can use to inspire others. Yeah, sounds like good stuff. You know, this, uh, this idea of this hero's journey uh, is, is, is so mind-blowing. Uh, when, when I was first exposed to that idea, I, I thought, eh, it's just, some, it's just some professor gobbledygook. Uh, but then I heard it explained in the context of the film Star Wars and how that's the quintessential example of, of a hero's journey and, and, the, and the journey that Luke Skywalker takes. I mean, it's just so mind-blowing that when you understand that concept, boy, it just changes everything in terms of a creative process. Absolutely. I, I teach over at General Assembly. I taught in San Francisco, and I'm going to be teaching in New York now that I'm here um, and when we go over and dissect this hero's journey, it can apply to your business structure. It can apply to the story that you're telling. It can apply to the customer who walks through your door and understanding how to like how that framework works and how to apply it to the people who are interacting with you is is pretty key. And I can give a couple of examples if we have a little more time. Please do. Okay, so <laughs> great. Um, one of my favorite ones, if people are familiar with Star Wars and The Matrix, you know, or many other movies, you'll start to see the, um, the framework play out. But one of my favorite examples to give is, is something really simple like Crunch Gym. Let's say there's a gymnasium down the street. So you are, and we should probably, I, should, I wish I had my markers and pen out because right now I'd be like drawing all over the wall <laughs> and, and, and like showing people these diagrams. The hero's journey works in a circle and it looks like a clock and you start at the top and then you rotate around it. And according to some people, there's 12 steps and according to other people, there are 17 steps. But the main point is that the top half is all about this known world or this place where you're really familiar. And the bottom half is this unknown or mysterious world. And there's a pivotal transition point that happens at the, what is that, three o'clock and nine o'clock? At three o'clock when you enter this unknown world. So let's say there's a gymnasium down the street. How does that relate to the hero's journey? How does that even make any sense? Well, you, let's say you, you know, it's January and, and you're, you've got a goal and it's to get back into better shape, but you know, you haven't really done it. And then Lo and behold, you exit your apartment and on your front door, there's a little flyer and it's like, hey, you know, free class at the gym. And you pick up the flyer and you're like, yeah, well, meh, and you dismiss it. That is your first call to action, right? That's step number one in the hero's journey. It's a call to action. And you ignore it. Typically, the first thing that happens in a hero's journey is that you totally blow it off. It, it, then, you know, you walk down the street and you're on your way to get your favorite cup of coffee and a latte and there's a person in an exercise outfit standing with a giant sign outside of the gymnasium like you can't miss. It's neon letters and they're saying, come join, come join, come join, come join. And you're like, meh, nah. And so you say no again. And the, um, the next point in the hero's journey is when, when, the mentor, when a mentor shows up and convinces you to engage or embark on the journey. So that would take the form of, let's say your friend gives you a call and says, hey, I've got a free pass to this gym. Would you come with me? And something shifts. And you say, Meh, okay, 
all right, I'll go do it. Um, and you agree to sign on. And in, in this scenario, when you walk through, imagine like, you know, the chorus, the choir going, oh, as you walk <laughs> through the door. <laughs> so you're walking through the door of the gym and you start and you like sweaty smell of the machines and the gleaming bodies and all the weights are in front of you. And you have now essentially entered the unknown world. You've never stepped foot inside of a gym before. And you're like, oh, my God, oh, chorus, the choir. And so you walk in, and, and the, the bottom half, the bottom half of the circle of the hero's journey is about trials and tribulations and letdowns and disappointments until there's a point and at the very bottom, 6 o'clock, when you, um, it, it, there's, it's a pivotal moment of transformation in who you are. Uh, and maybe that's eight weeks into. You, you sign up. You go. You're like, this isn't, this is terrible. Okay. This isn't too bad. It's getting better. It's getting better. All right. I don't hate this so much. And then you start to come back and I'm skipping over a lot of the steps to make it simple, but I, I hope you're with me here. You're with, with me it. so far. I'm with okay. Um, so then, you know, you come back and somehow or another over the course of two months, eight weeks, you have actually stuck to it enough to go a few times and you've had your ups and downs, but your body has shifted and maybe you've lost those five pounds and you haven't realized it yet. And you leave and you go back one day and you're walking back to your apartment and you say to your roommate, you know, well, hey, I noticed that you wanted to work out. I, I'm, I've joined this great gym. And you actually go back to a world where someone is completely unaware of the world where you've been and you become the evangelist or the advocate and you start telling everyone all about everything that you've found and you become the person that's like, hey, you should join me. Come join me at the gym. It's so great. I love it. Um, and that, in essence, is that's, that's one way that the hero's journey actually applies to an everyday example. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because it's one thing for you and I to, to and I was dying to not uh, supplement your story there by saying, <laughs> walking through the Star Wars movie about the, the, each stage, uh, and, it's, and if you think about it just for a few seconds, it's really obvious the stages of that hero's journey when you see a movie like The Matrix or, or Star Wars. But I appreciate you giving a, a, a real world example there, one that we can all identify with. Uh, if, if there's for no other reason, uh, the value of, of understanding Understanding that framework and, and frankly, understanding the, the power and the importance of, of storytelling and how, how critical that is in every in virtually every element of, of your life, certainly in, in the marketing of a business uh, or the achievement of some goal, uh, how critical storytelling is, one, to, to, to enlist others in, in the effort, but also to continue to motivate and inspire yourself. Yeah. And, and there are and there are actual, you know great actionable um, tools that you can take out of or lessons that you can take out of out of understanding even this real world example that we just talked about for if you understand how people interact with you and your business or whatever it is that you're operating you can understand that there's somebody who has never been inside of a gym before right and right. needs mentors and that mentor might look like flyers or it might look like repeat messaging or it might look like people standing out on the sidewalk and then you also want to consider that towards the end of the cycle, you want the people who are leaving your business to be your evangelists. You want them to be the ones recruiting other people. And how can you use your business to turn, you know, to be so good that it turns these people into evangelists for you? And once you start to see where, where different people play out on this hero's journey and, and their relationship to you and your relationship to them, you can say, 
fascinating. Here's how that this person's story, here's how we can message to this person's story. And somebody at this point in the journey, here's how we can message to them. Well, I hope people are understanding that what Sarah's actually talking about here is a strategy by which you you build an environment to to encourage and allow this word of mouth marketing. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of what you're talking about, but yeah, it all yeah. stems from the the notion of creating and writing these stories. Look, it's one thing to understand conceptually how this can work, and you can listen to some boob like me talk about the hero's journey and apply it to to Star Wars or some other successful film, but. But this is not something that you can just simply apply easily. I mean, this requires work. This requires discipline. It's why a lot of people don't do it. Uh, and it's why I'm, I'm so thrilled that you're offering a course like this to to help people understand the nuances of this and the framework. And uh, it, But it is an exercise. It is it is something that that you have to do on a regular basis. Uh, you know, Sarah, let me, another, another notion uh, that frustrates me is when I'm talking to a prospect and, I, and I'm trying to think of this in the context of, of helping them try to do, flesh out some sort of a content marketing strategy. And, and, and the gist of that is to do this, you have to generate content. Mm-hmm. A lot of people struggle with that and say, "Boy, I, I, you know, I just I don't have any ideas. I don't have I don't have. I, I could write two articles and then I'm done." If you try to tell me I have to blog or I have to podcast, uh, I, I suspect uh, there will be elements of this course that will help people with that process of of coming up with the ideas and how to create content. Yes, absolutely. And, and there's, I I have kind of two views on that. Um, One is a little pessimistic. It frustrates me too, when people say, I don't, I don't have any ideas, or I don't want to come up with, with, or I can't write any more than that. And the first kind of pessimistic side of myself says, well, yes, writing is hard. Writing is thinking. You actually have to engage in thinking and thought and that create, that takes energy and time and effort right? It's not necessarily simple. And that's why a lot of people avoid it. But, but I think the other side, the kind of more positive side too, is, is that a lot of people I've worked with in creating content and creating content strategies, they don't realize how much they know, how much is obvious to them and not obvious to other people. And some really good tricks for generating content are to step outside of your niche or step outside of your bubble and start talking to people who have no idea what you do as an idea generator, or start describing what you do to a 10-year-old, right? Go to a kindergarten class and talk about what you do and listen to the questions they ask and you'll have 15 ideas for new new essays to write. Brilliant. Well, you know, I, I, I write a marketing blog, Sarah. I mean, how many marketing blogs do you think exist on this planet? <laughs> and, and people say, well, I, you know, all I know is marketing. And so no one, the world does not need another marketing blog. And to what I, to what I say to that is, yeah, but no one knows your take. On yes. marketing. No one knows your perspective on marketing. No one has your experiences. No one knows your hero's journey <laughs> on, yes. on marketing. So I, I don't let that uh, don't let that be something that holds you back because uh, no one knows your view on it. A hundred percent. When you so who is it? Austin Kleon, like all great artists steal. Oh, yeah. Everything is a regurgitation of everything else, and I, I get I get you know, um, discouraged a lot sometimes when I go to write an essay and then I see that 57 other people have written that same essay. And I'm just like, man, I thought my idea was new. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I think, I think the, uh, upside to that or, or the reason that we need to keep creating is absolutely what you said. You are a unique vessel or individual. And then on top of that, 
when you look at scriptures or prayers or meditations or Eastern, Western, any sort of philosophy um, and spirituality, there is a reason why you repeat yourself over and over again. It's because just reading something once or writing something once is not enough. These are lifelong meditations, many of these things. Like learning how to create great content, you, could, you can read 57 essays on it. And the 58th essay will also help you. Every combination of words, every new person's voice on it will add a nuance and a sliver of thinking. So say it, even if you feel like you're repeating something. Put it through your filter. Put it through your own humanity. And, and you know, when we see all of those... Um, inspirational bloggers and I post a lot of inspirational things so I'll I'll count myself within that Uh, I don't think it's repetitive I think we're attracted to it because we want to see it over and over again we need those reminders well part of it too Sarah is you're doing it to inspire yourself you know, 100%. Now, there's there's value to your audience and your network who is is going to benefit from you taking the time to curate this information and these words and, and these inspirations. And, and so that you're, you are benefiting. But look, a lot of the writing I do is 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 for me. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll write this blog post and my, I'll do a postscript that says, by the way, this was written for me because yes. I, I needed this uh, this forehead smack moment to make me, you know, and and, and you and I have both been reading certain you know, writers and bloggers and authors for a long, long time. And, and and I'll see them repeat ideas and concepts all the time. You read some guy for a couple of years, uh, ideas are repeated. But we, as, we, as we talked about in, in the top of the show, Sarah, that that part of the exercise here is to, is to flesh out and clarify your own thinking. So it's OK to write about things that perhaps other people are are also discussing but if if the if the one benefit from it who cares if no one reads it if if it helps make you sharper or glean but more knowledge on an idea or or an issue or a concept that's that's a good thing that's yeah yeah that i agree 100 percent. and actually that that makes me think a little bit about when you when you introduced me and you talked about the the book that i haven't written yet which is oh it's a red flag in my mind which means that i definitely need to be doing it uh, one of my caveats or one of my, my, maybe it's just an excuse in my own mind. I haven't written it yet because I'm still working through so many ideas. And as I develop and synthesize and write for myself, my ideas get better and better and better. So there's a book coming in my near future, maybe sooner than we think. Um, but, but I'm still distilling and crystallizing some ideas. Well, and that's cool. But the fact is, the writing that you do now, and that's one of the, I think the messages of your course is is the writing that you're doing now maybe maybe bad, it may be raw, it may be <laughs> unfiltered, it may be there may be all sorts of flaws with it. But the fact is, uh, there's going to come a point when the idea is going to crystallize in your in your mind, and and you, you will be able to get it out on paper, and and that process will have been easier because you have been writing and honing that skill for for a while. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the more you write, the easier it gets. Too. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I uh, uh, you know, when I, when I, uh, I, I've considered myself very, very fortunate that I've, I've written long enough and have created enough content through my radio shows and other things that I do that you, you do develop an eye, you do develop an ear, and you, and it's much easier 
to see opportunities to create something around when you are in the habit of doing it. When you and I think habits is a part of what you're going to be teaching in this course. Mm-hmm. Is is you, you develop an eye, and then it becomes much much easier to take some random thought or idea or infographic or something on Instagram that just sparks some silly idea. Uh, that that uh, if you if you're not doing that on a regular basis, that process is very difficult. And and, yeah. and you can say, ah, well, I just I can't come up with any ideas. But you, it really is a skill that that you have to develop. But you really just need to open your eyes too. I agree a hundred percent. It you the habits get harder and harder the the less you do them. In fact, they're not habits anymore. Your right. habit is not writing. <laughs> it's not writing. And if you just open that notebook and say three sentences, I'm just gonna write three sentences every day or as often as I can. And or and you just put those three sentences down and you can you can just cue the flow to start coming out. Often if I take like a, a couple of weeks off of writing, like if I'm on a trip or I'm doing something, I just took a, a, a long trip internationally. When I come back, the first day of writing is full of garbage. I'm stuttering. It's not easy. It's slow. I'm like, I feel like I'm clawing at the keyboard and I just get through it. I get through that hour or two. I write a whole bunch of stuff. And then I go to sleep that night. I wake up the next morning and everything's so much more fluid the next day. Happens every time. Yeah. So cool. Well, Sarah, we're about out of time. Before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you and where can they learn more about this course? Mm, the Writer's Workshop. So I do most of my writing at itstartswith.com. And the best place, there's a tab right at the top that says Writer's Workshop. But the straight up URL is itstartswith.com slash writers hyphen workshop. Sarah Kathleen Peck, writer, designer, and storyteller. Sarah, it was great to have you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. Oh, my pleasure. I think we're going to have to have you back and continue our discussion. This is too important a subject to just talk about once in my my view. I'd love so, to. That'd be all great. All right. Well, that wraps this show. On behalf of my guest, Sarah Kathleen Peck, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on The Intrepid Author. Thank you.